the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, Kettering, I want to invite your attention to Ezekiel chapter 37. We begin our reading at verse number 1. We've been preaching over the last several weeks in a series of messages entitled Walking Through Hell. This morning, we find ourselves in Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, beginning at verse 1. The word of the Lord reads as follows. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, uh, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, covered them over. But there was no breath in them, and also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds and Breathe and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. 
and performed it, says the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for this word on today. We thank you for the preaching opportunity. We pray that your spirit, God, would be here on this day to empower me to do your will and your work, to speak a word, God, in such a way that there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, God, that this would be the day that they would turn their heart over to you. Spirit of the Lord, it's my prayer on this day that you would speak to that one who walked in today who has broken fellowship with you, God. I'm praying, God, that you would restore the broken fellowship, that they would come and return back and say, Father, I failed you. Father, I've come short of you. Father, I want to have that sweet relationship that we once had before. God, renew the broken fellowship. God, for that one who came in discouraged, I pray you lift them up today, that you would lift up their heart, lift up their head, instill in them hope, God, and let them know that the end has not yet come. So, Spirit of the Lord, I pray that you would have your way in this time, that you would anoint me afresh for preaching, that you would give me strength, Lord God, to accomplish your will, that your word might go forward with power and authority. Do, God, what you desire to do to each one under the sound of my voice, whether here in the sanctuary, listening via live stream or listening via the radio broadcast. Lord God, we just ask that you would bless this time that we have with you, that you would get the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It's in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. We started this journey preaching through this series, Walking Through Hell, in Joshua chapter 1. There in Joshua chapter 1, we spoke to you from the subject matter, Walking Through Hell with the Word. From there, we moved to Daniel chapter 3, and the second part of the series spoke from the subject matter, Walking Through Hell with good company. And then the last time that we were together, we were in Daniel chapter 10, and there in Daniel chapter 10, we spoke from the idea, delayed response while walking through hell. And what we discovered there is that there are times when you're going through hell situations that you have prayed, and it doesn't seem that God is answering, and but yet your answer is just delayed. And so now in Daniel chapter 10, what Daniel gave us was a series of messages. First, a message of comfort regarding the delay. And even though we're going through the delay of the answer to prayer, what Daniel said is in a means of comforting us is that God heard you and God loves you. Somebody needs to hear that even this morning. The answer may not have come yet, but God loves you and God heard your prayer from the very first day that you prayed. The second message that Daniel gave was a message of warfare uh, causing delay. Why is it taking so long? And so what Daniel revealed to us is that there is spiritual warfare going on in the heavenly places. That is a wrestling or a tussling match between the angel that was bringing the message to Daniel, who was Gabriel, and the prince of Persia, who was blocking the message that was coming to Daniel. And for 21 days, there was a fight that was going on to get the message to Daniel. And oftentimes, the reason why there's a delay in our response from God is because there's warfare blocking the answer to your prayer. 
Thirdly, the message was a message of consoling that the Lord uh, understands, uh, despite the fact that there is a delay, uh, God will console you. God will console you with a touch. He touched Daniel's lips. He touched Daniel's spirit that he might be strengthened. And he touched Daniel with truth that Daniel might understand fully what God was up to. So God has a way to comfort you even while you're waiting for the answers to your prayers. This morning, we find ourselves in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel is a prophet who prophesies to the nation of Israel while they're in captivity. They're in Babylonian captivity. They're there because of their disobedience. Because even though prophet after prophet had come to them and said to them, the Lord's going to send you into captivity. If you don't turn around, you don't turn around. God's going to bring judgment. God's going to bring judgment. They did not listen. So they ended up in captivity. And so Ezekiel is in captivity with them. And his assignment there in captivity with them is to prophesy to them, speak the word of God to them. First of all, to remind the generation that's born in captivity, to remind them why, they, why are you here in the first place? And so he, he prophesies to let them know why they're still here. But he also prophesies to let them know that there's yet hope in your situation. In other words, God's going to bring judgment on the very people that are oppressing you right now. So while they're in 70 years of captivity, Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, Ezekiel prophesies to them to let them know that God is going to bring judgment even on the Babylonians who are oppressing you right now. And then thirdly, he prophesies to let them know that there is still hope. They don't have to give up. You don't throw in the towel. God is still working, and he will restore Israel ultimately. So, during the period of exile, Israel, like many of us, uh, they're lost, and they've lost their hope, and they feel like, you know what, God doesn't care, and, and they're worried, and they're stressed out about what's going on, and all they see around them is, is, is that there's no hope, there's nothing going on, and, and they have, in this particular text of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel shares with them a vision that God has given him. For the messages that Ezekiel shares in the book of Ezekiel are mostly coming from signs and visions. And so he shares this vision with them that God allows him to see as he uh, is dropped down in the midst of this valley of dry bones. And this valley of dry bones is uh, picturesque of the nation of Israel walking through uh, a valley of dryness and a season of dryness in their life. Like many of us, we walk through or we go through seasons and times of dryness when everything around us seems to be dying or dead, dry or dead. And so this picture that we see that is, is kind of uh, pointing us to that picture of what's actually literally going on in the lives of those that are in Israel that are in Babylon, Babylonian captivity. So they've given up hope because nothing seems to be working and it seems like God has abandoned them and everything around them seems to be dry. And like us, sometimes we look around us and we find ourselves like walking through a hell situation that everything around us is dry. Everything around us is either dead or dry. Our, our prayer life is dry. Our worship is dry. Our situation uh, for a new job is dry. There just doesn't seem to be any hope. Doesn't seem like nobody's calling. I'm sending out resumes, but everybody's sending back, uh, don't call us, we'll call you messages. And, and so everything seems to be falling apart. There's no prospect of new relationships. There's no hope. The bank account is dry. The ministry is dead. The marriage is dead. The sex life is dead. The relationships are dead. Everything around us seems to be dead or dry or, or just hopeless. 
Ever been there? Hope is dried up. Hope is dead. We give up. We feel like I'm kind of just on my last bit of strength to hold on. So what do you do when the hell that you are walking through is a valley of dry bones? This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, hope of life while walking through the hell of dry bones. Hope of life while walking through the hell of dry bones. Because when you see bones all around you, the hope of any life seems to go away. When you see dryness all around you and everything around you seems to be dead or dried up, hope seems to escape us. But I think what Ezekiel does in the process of this text is he helps us in this uh, problem that we may be having, this walk through hell of dry bones. He helps us by, first of all, saying to you, survey your surroundings. If you look there in chapter 37, verses 1 and beginning, the hand of the Lord comes upon him, brings him into this, uh, by the Spirit, into this mist of the valley, sets them there. There's bones all around, calls them to pass by to, to see everything so he can survey it all. And behold, he says, there were many in the open valley. And then the Lord asked him a question. What I would suggest to you and to me when we're going through these dry bone hell kind of situations, when we're walking through the valley and the valley is full of dry bones, I would suggest that it would be helpful for us, first and foremost, to survey our surroundings. In other words, what do you see as you're going through what you're going through? Now, it's helpful for you to be a little detailed in what you see, because as you walk through this text, what you'll realize that Ezekiel is detailing everything he sees. First of all, Ezekiel says, I found myself in a valley. Now that's important because a valley is a vulnerable place. It's a place of vulnerability. But while I'm here in this place of vulnerability, in this valley, in the midst of the valley, I'm in the middle of the valley. uh, He says, first of all, he says, all I see is dry bones. All I see is bones. There's bones everywhere. And the valley is full of dry bones. Can I help somebody here? You need to assess your situation. You need to, you need to survey your surroundings and identify what is it that you literally see as you're, de- as you're dealing with what's going on in your life. What do you see? Detail it. What, what's in the surroundings? He says there's a lot of bones, and it's in an open valley. It's in a, a, an extremely vulnerable place. And, 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 and again, in the valley, you have no, you have no, no, no vision of what's coming. You, and, and your enemy is probably on a hill looking down on you. And, and you're in a place of vulnerability. And he says, I'm in a valley. But in this valley is dry bones, which, watch this, uh, because I'm in a vulnerable place. Lord, help me here. And, and, and it's a place of high vulnerability. It would make sense that in this valley, there would, it would be full of dry bones because everything in the valley that's in a vulnerable place is going to become prey to the predator. I'm preaching way better than you saying amen because some of you this morning are in a valley yourself. You're in a place of vulnerability and your vulnerability is going to cause you to be amongst the dry bones. Who help me, Lord. Your vulnerability is going to cause some of your situations to be dry and dead. And so he says, I see these dry bones. I'm in a 
valley. And then he comes back and he says, as the spirit kind of took me around and, and I was lifted up and I, I went all around and behold, there were very many bones in this open valley and indeed they were very dry. These were not just bones in a valley. These were very dry bones in the valley. And the fact that these bones in the valley were uh, very dry indicates that they have been there for a long time. Can I talk to somebody? Uh, when you're assessing your situation, when you're surveying your situation, can you just be honest about what you see? I mean, when you look at your marriage, when you look at your relationships, when you look at your bank account, when you look at your health, if it's been that way a long time, stop pretending like it just happened yesterday. You need to call it like it is. This thing has been dead for a while it's very dry some of our situations the reality is it's real dry and it's been that way for a long time and if you think about this with me for a moment this valley of bones are the bones of human beings and in this valley there's nothing but bones Uh, um, Ezekiel doesn't see any flesh Ezekiel doesn't see any meat he doesn't see any skin all he sees is bones and the bones are dry which means that the buzzards have had time to eat all the flesh off of them it means that the bugs and the maggots have had a chance to eat everything that was left over that the buzzers didn't get it means that everything that the maggots didn't get that the ants have gotten and it means that the sun has scorched everything else so it's been there a long time can i help us i'm gonna help you and me on this one because a lot of times people come for counseling and they pretend like what they're dealing with just now happened And they say, you know, okay, Pastor, well, I'm coming. Uh, we, me, we, let me just use marriage, for example. Uh, we, we, we want counseling, Pastor. And so they, they expect that in the one to two hours of counseling, I'm going to fix these very dry bones. Y'all still here with me? But what we really have to come to realize is that this thing been dead a long time. And the likelihood is it's not going to get resolved in a one and a half to two hour counseling session. Y'all, y'all, y'all must be talking about y'all. So they survey the situation or the surroundings, but he does it with honesty and integrity. He says what he sees, and he identifies them as very dry. Then, watch this, there's a question that God poses to Ezekiel, and the question is, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Now, this question is critical to the entire text. It's not just critical to the text. It's critical to your situation. The question that God is asking you this morning, I know you walked in walking through valleys of dry bones. I know that your stuff is dried up and it's been that way a long time. I know that it seems like you ought to throw in the towel. I know it feels like you're done with it. You had enough. But the question is, can these bones live? Can this situation be turned around? Can life be breathed into this mess? Can it change? It's a key question because the question speaks to your faith. 
It speaks to your faith as to where it is, and it speaks to your faith as to who it's in. Watch this. Ezekiel's answer is perhaps sometimes misunderstood. Ezekiel's answer is, Lord God, you know. Now, it seems like he's deflecting. It seems like he's just giving a, you know, kind of a, not not a real answer, but a, you know, just pass the buck answer. But the reality is the answer that Ezekiel gives as he uh, surveys the surroundings, he comes to the conclusion that I can't answer based on my own knowledge, but rather I'm going to answer based on my faith in a God who has the answer. And so what Ezekiel does is he says, God, I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I don't have enough intellect. And so God, I'm going to put my faith in your answer. You know. Whether or not you want this to live. You know, God, whether or not it's your will for it to live. Can I just pause for a moment and let you know that some things that die need to stay dead. Whoo, I'm really on your street right there. Because some of us are wasting a lot of time trying to resurrect stuff that really needs to be in the grave. Some stuff you just need to go ahead and kick dirt over top of it, put a cross on it, (laughs) born, died, it's dead. But if it is the will of God, God can cause that which is dead to be resurrected. Are y'all still here with me? And so he says, God, you know, and in saying so, he says, Lord, I'm putting my faith in an omniscient God who knows everything. There's no sense in me trying to rest on my own wisdom or my own knowledge, whether or not it can live. No, I'm going to put my faith in a God who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. I'm going to try to help you right here. Instead of you trying to figure out whether or not it's dead and it needs to be dead, why don't you check with God and see what God has to say? Because a whole lot of folk are running down to the courthouse because they believe it's dead and all they can see that it's dead and they're letting the lawyers get paid because they thought it was dead when God hadn't said it's over yet. See, folk get in financial situations where they, they get in over their head and there's more money going out than it is coming in and then they finally come to the conclusion, you know, my financial picture is dead and so they go down to the court and they get a lawyer and say, I need to file bankruptcy because my, my, my financial position is just dead. I ain't making enough money. I'm spending too much money. I got too much debt. It's dead. But did God say that? Or did you say that? See, they, we've already made up your mind because you use your own intellect. You use your, you use your own knowledge to say, you know what? I can't overcome this. And so, therefore, I need to do this. And I'm okay with letting my credit be bad for seven years and having a mark on my credit for seven years because it's dead and I can't do nothing about it. But did you check with God? Did you trust God and say, God, you know whether or not I can get out of this or not. You know whether you have plans for me to have this thing turn around or not. That's what Ezekiel says. God, you know. It's a great answer, but it's an answer that represents his faith. And so as we go through these dry valley hell walks of daily life, first of all, survey 
your surroundings. Secondly, as it picks up in verse number four, I would suggest that you do what God has told Ezekiel to do. He says, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Let me help you right here. The second thing I think that we need to do after surveying our surroundings is you need to speak life to your situation. Lord, help me here. The Lord says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I need you to speak to the dry bones, speak to the inanimate object, speak life into this object speak you do know that life and death is in the power of the tongue to continue our journey tune in next week for the second half of today's message praise the lord you have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of kettering baptist church under the leadership of senior pastor bucus sterling iii where we minister in the spirit of excellence we pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice, called the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bucus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.